Here's a question for you. Who is your GOAT? You know what I mean. The greatest quarterbacks of all time. Is it Tom Brady? Is it Peyton Manning? Is it Joe Montana? Is it John Elway? Or is it none of these that I've just mentioned? Well, find out who I think is the GOAT. Get my ebook, Why Your GOAT Ain't Mine, for free right now on ColdSports.com. I said for free. Why Your GOAT Ain't Mine, the five greatest quarterbacks in NFL history on ColdSports.com. So what are you waiting for? Go get it! Cole Sports! Available on social media outlets everywhere and Cole Sports with a Z dot com. Unfiltered, uncompromising, hard-hitting, inspirational, Cold Sports presents Conversations. Thank you so much for tuning in to Conversations. I am Cole Johnson, the host of Cold Sports. And of this particular vehicle as well. And I have a wonderful guest to kick off this brand. He is a former wrestler. Not the professional wrestling style like WWE, but Greco-Roman wrestler. He is a wrestling coach. He is an author of Building Champions, Seven Success Principles for Youth in the Game of Life. And he is about to unleash his new podcast, entitled Sports Wealth Radio Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my esteemed honor and pleasure to introduce to you Jeff Pierce. And this is our conversation. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing awesome today, Cole. Uh, thank you for inviting me to your show and uh, looking forward to passing on some gold nuggets to to your listeners. Well, I, I guarantee you, you will be passing along a whole ton of gold nuggets <laughs> because I received some when we talked. Uh, Endwell, New York, that is where you are right now. You know, I, yeah. I, I've, I've, I've always been interested about that area of the country. Uh it's uh, if I'm not mistaken, with my geograph uh, geographic understanding, it's between Syracuse and Scranton. So, how would you describe that area in terms of uh, the the state of living, and also in terms of the the sports element as well? Well, in regards to uh, economics, we have always been behind the times. Um, when IBM moved out of the area, because we're the home of IBM and any people that may remember Andy Johnson, the shoe company. Um, and when they left and Singer Link left, uh, we kind of got killed with the economy. So um, we've always been a step behind at times. Sports wise, uh, we've had our share of, of um, rewards. Let me put it to you that way. Um, we've got uh, a local school 
Union Handicap, my home school, has had some uh, professional football players. Isaiah Kazavinsky used to play for uh, Seattle Seahawks. Jim Palmer, Major League Baseball pitcher. Um, John Jones, I'm sure everybody's heard the John Jones name uh, in regards to the UFC. And, of course, his two brothers uh, that play in the NFL. So we've had our share of um, professional athletes. So um, we are blessed with some good athletes in the area. So how did you get involved into this wacky world of sports? You know, what was your angle in actually getting into how you got into all things sports? Well, Cole, I... I have to say, I wasn't very athletic when I was a kid growing up. I was that tall, skinny, new kid on the block with a Coke bottle glasses. I went to 10 schools in, in 12 years, so we were constantly moving um, because of my speech impediment, my big, thick glasses, and being tall and skinny. I was always bullied. I was probably bullied before it was even called bullying at my age. And um, I wasn't very athletic. I played soccer, or I should say I sat the bench on soccer uh, more than I played, and I wrestled um, varsity for two years, and I was basically wrestling varsity because they had nobody else to fill a weight class. But when I started in wrestling in seventh grade, I had a coach that was very well known in the state. For many years, he had the most state champions. But what was so interesting is he never expected more than what, anything more than doing your best, okay? He demanded respect, respect for everybody on the team, but he also demanded that um, you go out there and do your best no matter what. So fast forward you know, 32 years ago, uh, my wife and I uh, were going out. We had just met, and she had a, a, a son that wanted to play uh, travel soccer. And uh, so I volunteered my time to help the coach. And we kind of hit it off right away because we had the same philosophy at, you know, eight, nine-year-old kids, you don't have to teach them to go out and win. Okay, use the sports as a foundational building ground um, to let them learn valuable life skills and have fun. And that's basically the premise that we took. Now, on the other side of the coin, I am very competitive. So at that age, um, in my late 20s, I was a yeller, yeller. I was a screamer, like a lot of fathers, like a lot of, uh, of coaches. And it wasn't till probably about 10 years later, 15 years later, that I really started to see, you know, a shift in coaching. And uh, so it got quite interesting when my uh, only blood son was born. Um Probably about 17, 18 years ago, uh, we were at a Pinewood Derby of a vet and we had registered his car and we went around and walked them all, killing time till the event started. 
And at that point, I saw some go-karts, and I built the president of the club a house the year before. So I was talking to the existing president, and my son showed no interest at all. And um, it kind of shocked me. So the next day at the dinner table, I said, Kyle, I said, you know, I'm pretty surprised that you showed no interest in the go-karts yesterday. And he says, Dad, he says, you're never home. And we don't have any money. So you can imagine what that did to me personally. Um, just a few years prior to that, when I went through a bankruptcy, when IBM left town, and I was working commercial construction, and I was traveling on the road four or five days a week. So I wasn't home. And this little seven, eight-year-old had just taught his dad a very valuable lesson that I wasn't being a good dad. Uh, I was having problems with uh, my relationship with my wife. So I went to work that week and realized that I had to turn my life around. And so the following week I came home, I had a discussion with my wife, acknowledged that, you know, um, I wasn't being a good husband and I wasn't being a, a good father. And I sat down and had a discussion with my son and told him that, you know, I appreciated that, you know, um, he, he taught that a very valuable lesson. And, and, and that's, that's one thing that as parents having four, three kids and one of my own and then eight grandkids, no matter what age they are, we can all learn valuable lessons from our kids. And this is just one example of it. But what happened after that is about two or three weeks later, I told my wife, I said, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but we're going we're gonna to buy one of those little go-karts. You know, they're called mic rods in our area. And I don't want to buy the mic rod to go racing. I want to buy the, the mic rod for two reasons. And I says, when we have dinner tonight, I'd like to sit down and talk to you and Kyle about it. So when dinner comes, I sit down and ask Kyle if you'd like to, you know, go racing. And he said, because he had, you know, the, the uh, remote control cars and he had always been infatuated with racing them and everything. So I says, Kyle, I said, let's, let's step it up a notch. I said, but we're going to do this in a way that is going to be a little bit different. It's not about going out and winning. It's about two things. Number one, it's about spending quality time as a family together. And I, I think that sports can be used in that modality to help, like ourselves, overcome the problems that we were having. But number two, the other reason why I wanted to go racing was he was starting to have some issues in school and it was my fault because I wasn't home. He didn't have a male figure there. He wasn't getting the, the masculine discipline like he needed. And I felt that he had to learn respect. Number one, respect for himself. Number two, respect for mom and dad and authority and respect for other cars and kids that he were, was going to have to race on the racetrack. And I thought those two things, spending quality time together and respect, 
were going to be huge aspects um, for development for him and a shift for me as being a dad. So that's that's how it kind of started, and then from there it just kind of blew up. Wow! It's funny how you can actually gain perspective in things just with your normal everyday life, and I would not have thought that you have gotten to where you are now just with that humble beginning of, hey, I have this skill and I have this this competitive drive to to win, but it's not about winning, and learning about that is. A real big key and I, I guess I want to shift toward how you actually took that aspect and applied it to how you actually end up getting into coaching so how did uh, learning I guess some coaching techniques with your son transform itself to how you actually got a chance to practice it when coaching other children well, like I said, Cole, before that, I'd, I'd coach competitive travel soccer with my oldest stepson, and, and I had also was coaching my, my youngest son, who was racing. At the same time we were racing, he was he was uh, traveling on a competitive travel soccer team, and we were traveling, you know, two or three, four states around the area. Here, just as we ended up growing and doing the same thing with the race cars over the next few years, and... I kind of, at the same time, I'd gotten into, you know, some personal development stuff to help overcome my, my depression for my bankruptcy. And fast forward about five years, I was coaching my grandson and my son at the same time, believe it or not, they're only five years apart, on a youth wrestling team. And I... I was assistant coaching with a dad that had three boys and naturally having three boys in the family it's you know very uh competitive and challenging and and um, i had a hard time instilling the values and beliefs to him that it's not about winning you know so i fell into that trap of you know going out and teaching the kids you know go win and and so on and so forth but Ten years ago, um, I was frustrated with coaching uh, kids that were crying after every match. I was frustrated with parents that were expecting way too much out of these six, seven, eight-year-old kids and even the 10 and 12-year-olds. And I was frustrated with coaches expecting so much out of the kids and I'd been watching this one coach for like three weeks just totally demeaning his kids and it was during this wrestling match tournament that he had said um, something to other coaches when we were staying together he said I'm just upset with the coaches you know I'm I'm, the parents I'm frustrated with my kids and so I, I asked him one thing when was the last time you stepped foot on a wrestling mat? And his reply was, I never wrestled. Now, I applaud every father that volunteers their time to coach, but don't belittle, don't mean demean your kids that you are coaching if you have never done it yourself and understand what the kids are going through when they step on that circle, especially in wrestling where it's a one-on-one sport. And so 
what irritated me that day was he had picked his own son up by the back of his neck and physically threw him off the mat because he wasn't happy with the way he wrestled. So I asked the father, if you haven't wrestled, maybe you need to step into that circle and face the same fears those kids do. So long story short, I came home from that day, had a conversation with my wife and said, well, I guess maybe I opened my mouth, I inserted my foot. And three months later, two days after my 50th birthday, I stepped foot on a wrestling mat. And I hadn't wrestled in 34 years. I never had a winning record. Um, I saw more lights from getting pins than I saw the mat. But I did it to help kids understand that you have to face your fears in the same way my coach taught me, just go out and do your best. It's not about that W. Little did I know the fear I had to face that day was a 28-year Marine with arms the size of my legs. And it was interesting because my grandson, who was the same age as my my son when he, he educated me on um, being a dad, my grandson come over to me and he said, Grandpa, do you know who you're wrestling? And I said, Austin, I think I do, but I need you to go sit down. And he said, but Grandpa, are you wrestling that big guy over there? He's huge. <laughs> Well, here again, here's another lesson a seven-year-old just taught Grandpa. I had to realize real fast what it took to get my mind and my head back on the mat and back in the game. So I went out there, and I did my best. And it wasn't about the scoreboard. I didn't know till probably 45 minutes after the match even what the score was. And it only ended up being two to one. But I didn't care that I lost. I was there to teach kids you have to face your fears. But in my discussion after the match with this Marine, you know, he said to me, he says, you know, there's no way you're 50 years old. And I said, yeah, there's, you know, it's true. I am 50 years old. I said, but here's the thing. I do it again in a heartbeat. And he says, there is no way I'm going to wrestle you again. You know, so... So I, I got out of that match that day is what's the common denominators between success in life that we all go looking for, okay, and success in sports. So I spent the next five years researching, reading book after book, seminar after seminar. Anybody wants a great sports book to read, go read John Wooden's book. And he'll talk and reinforce what I'm talking to you today about is it's not about winning. It's about the simple things in life. He would even teach his college athletes how to tie their shoes and how to put their socks on to play basketball the right way. It's the little simple things in life. So that's, you know, in a nutshell, Cole, how I wrote my book, Building Champions, Seven Success Principles for Youth Sports in the Game of Life. I didn't know what I was doing. I did it all wrong, I found out later. But it it's taken a step in the right direction and don't worry about doing it right. Don't worry about being perfect. Just go out and do it 
and do it to your best of your ability and learn through that experience. Wow. Yeah, that, those are very powerful, powerful lessons. And it's funny you mentioned John Wooden. Uh, one of the greatest stories I heard about him was Bill Walton. Uh, and this is, of course, after one of the myriad of championships he won for the for for UCLA. Uh, <laughs> Walton had this this feeling of, well, I mean, I, I've won a championship for UCLA. I'm the king of the I'm the king of the campus. I can do whatever. And when training camp for a basketball started, Coach Wooden looked at, at Bill and said, uh, "Your hair is too long. You got to cut it." <laughs> and and, yep. and Walton said, well, no, no, coach, this is how I'm supposed to wear it. It's, it's just fine. And Coach Wood was like, no, no, until you cut your hair, you will not be on the team. And, and Walton walked away dejected. And he came back each each day and Wooden kept sending him away. He says, no, no, you won't play until you actually cut your hair. And when Walton actually did cut his hair and come back, Coach Wooden smiled at him and said, "Well, it's great to it's great to have you back, Bill. So glad, so glad that you want to be a part of the team." And to hear that, just to hear the fact that you have these stellar athletes who could probably star on any any college team, actually learn the team concept with those simple basic understandings is remarkable and yeah I'm, I'm with you Jeff Coach Wooden yeah. is one of the greatest coaches I've ever known of in my life yeah, so, it, yeah. It, it's it's the simple things in life Cole it's the simple things in sports that we we tend to take for granted and we forget and it's it's all about getting back down to basics you know when a major league baseball hitter is in a slump Where's a hitting coach? Take them back to the basics. Okay. Um, I'll tell you a, a quick story. I, I, I coached this kid with his father for, oh, good, almost 10 years, you know, as I was in the area um, and home for weekends or matches. Uh, I would always help assistant coach, whether it was at the peewee level or up through the varsity level. And out of the three brothers, the youngest one had the most natural talent. Okay. But the middle one was good, but he always seemed to beat himself mentally. And we had another youngster on a, uh, the team that would do the same thing. And it was funny because this, this young, youngest, uh, coach's son, his sophomore and junior year, he wins the, the local sectional tournament and goes to the state tournament. In both years, he just has no success, you know. Um, in his third year, senior year, I was talking to him and, and my uh, grandson, who they're good friends, and I talked to both of them at the start of the season. I said, guys... The biggest problem that you're having, you saw, you know, uh, Brock go to states last year and he fell on his face because he had this lack of belief. But he got there because the night before that big tournament, he had a shift in his mental attitude. 
and you need to change the basic stuff in and it starts in your head it all starts with that mental aspect it's like that lesson my grandson gave me about wrestling this marine at 50 and what was so interesting in the senior year this coach's son comes out and goes undefeated all year goes to the state tournament and just wipes it up you know goes undefeated and he's interviewed after he wins the state title by our local TV station and he says Kobe he says why is it that you've been here two years and you had no success and this this year you have just dominated your weight class he said you have just walked over anybody and everybody and in this little kid, and I say little because I've known him since he was six, turns around and says, simple, simple words. I believed in myself. And it doesn't matter if you're a wrestler, a basketball player, a football player, a CEO of your company, you work on a production line, you're in construction, it doesn't matter what you do in your life. It starts with that simple little thing. Believe in yourself. Mm, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Wow. Yeah, that, that's powerful right there. <laughs> that is powerful. Uh, mm. So Cole, I'll take it. I'll take it one step further, you know. And, and um, when I I did my research after I I wrestled at fifty, and was looking for that common denominators between success in life and success in sports, I came up with a whole bunch of, of base, basic principles, you know, that were always showing up, and that's why you know I talk about seven success principles in my book, and I organized them in a ladder of success. Okay, and each principle being a run on the ladder. Okay, yeah, it, it almost sounds like uh, the John Wooden pyramid of success. That's correct, correct. You know, and, and and you look at them as being, you know, basically simple principles: goals, mental mindset, confidence, passion, discipline, modeling, and teamwork. And they're all the runs of the ladder. However, when you think about a ladder, what's the strongest and most vital part of the ladder is not the each individual run, it's the guide rails, you know? So as, as anybody's trying to climb a ladder of success, those guide rails are the most important things. So I talk about it in my book, I talk about it when I coach families or I'm coaching kids. It's your values and your beliefs. Those are the two guide rails of life. Okay? What are your values that you're leading your life by? And what are the rules that are governing those values? And what's your beliefs? The beliefs in yourselves and belief in this, the likelihood of achieving your dreams. Because if you're being controlled and being held back by limiting beliefs... You got to make that shift. If you don't have the values that need to be lived by to achieve the success you desire, you need to recreate your values and the rules around your values. So it, it, it's 
sounds basic, but we fall in the trap of conforming to society and we get out of basic and simple success principles to, to achieve the dreams that we desire. You, you know, the more I, I study sports in general, the more I understand the role of the coach is to tell the, the player, okay, your, your, your God-given talents are fine, but if you actually just follow the fundamentals and the, the simple things and, and the disciplinary steps it took for you to have your talent be unfurled in front of the world, you'll actually achieve things you didn't even think you could achieve. So that the role of the coach is so 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 important, and we need we need more like you. We need more coaches like you that think the way you do, that that feel the passion the way you do. It, it's it's remarkable. Uh, what has what has been the biggest challenges and probably the biggest victories as well of being a coach? Cool. Nothing is more than rewarding than seeing a smile on a youngster's face and seeing the joy in the parents to watch their young kids win their first match, their comp- their competition. You know, like I said, you know, our little league team played in that little league world series yesterday, and. To see the joy in, the, in those parents and to, to see the joy in those kids is just, I don't have to even coach them. I just, I have goosebumps right now just talking to you about that aspect, you know, and it's, it, it's no different those youth athletes than an adult, you know, uh, when we get to our days of education that we think formal education are over, they're never, never should be over. You know, we should be learning and educating and and promoting personal growth to the day we die. And it doesn't matter if you're that young athlete, if you're a professional athlete or somewhere in between, or if you're a adult that's trying to climb the ladder of success in the corporate world. You know, be grateful for every step along that journey. Be grateful for the moments that that you grow, but be grateful also for the setbacks in life. Because as I, I talked earlier, you know, the setback that I had from that bankruptcy was a huge, huge growth experience for me, my wife, and my son. I cannot explain to you my relationship with my son. Uh Let me just say, you know, my my wife was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer uh, about five months ago. And, And this kid is my rock. This kid is my rock. He's 24 years old. We live in his house. He lives, you know, uh, we live in New York. He lives in Chicago. He's living in an apartment. and allows his mother and I to stay in his house. Um, he bought his first house cash at 19. And I don't tell you this to brag. I tell you because the simple principles 
that we allowed him to learn in sports. You know, when he got in a race car at seven years old, we got in there to, to teach him respect and spend time together as a family. But I'm telling you, this kid has more focus and determination and guts than I could shake a stick at. If I had what he had, you know, uh, my life would be totally different. But he was racing adults at 14 years old in a Legends car doing almost 100 miles an hour on a local track. And he learned that valuable, simple principle about focus that he took off the racetrack into a, a, a business that he started at 16. He was able to sell it at 19 and move to the state of Hawaii as a public insurance adjuster. Um, and, and he, it, it's a simple, basic principle. Respect. This kid has more respect for him, himself and for people that he has on his team now being a national uh distributor for a worldwide company and I, I, I tell you these this because these are simple simple basic principles that coaches and parents all we have to do is let kids have the flexibility to learn from their mistakes and just encourage them to do the best and failure is an amazing thing don't let it knock you down. Let it pick you up and move you forward. That, that, that's, that's powerful. That is powerful right there. Yeah. Uh, I, I think one of the biggest lessons that I've ever learned is that is actually to, you know, power through. Even if you, even if you fear something, power through. And it's, it, it's amazing that this vehicle can teach you to do that. And it's even more amazing, like you said, with your son, to see that in other people and see how it's modeled. It it, it it takes whatever you're doing to another level when you see it modeled in such a powerful way. And so is is, is this the reason why you're actually starting up a, a podcast? Uh, you telling all these wonderful stories of, of your coaching and the research you did for building champions, your book and all the other lessons you learned as a wrestler yourself. Well, Cole, you know, I, I wrote my book uh, about five years ago, and like I said, I, I, I did it all wrong. I was in a mastermind with Mark Victor Hansen, and he taught me a very valuable lesson because I didn't put my story about getting back on a wrestling mat, the, what I call my David and Gla versus Goliath story. And he encouraged me, along with Greg Reed, who wrote Three Feet from the Gold, to rewrite my book. So I rewrote my book. So... On top of the podcast launching here uh, in the next week, uh, I will be relaunching the second edition of my book, which has my David Goliath story in a lot more detail, plus many other insightful tips that I've learned through the kids I coached and um, over the course of the years. I talk about my relationship with my wife and her cancer and actually the book is de dedicated to her and and sports wealth is is dedicated to to her because she has worked with kids for basically her whole adult life she's she's either done child care or she's worked with handicapped children 
in facilities or in schools. And I've seen her do things for kids and have kids do things that nobody else could do, get them to do because of her compassion and her willingness to just be committed to give kids the insightful language, compassion and love to do the best they can do. And when I wrote my book five years ago, I knew it was helpful because I was using the ladder success principles and kids I was coaching and in families I was coaching. And, and I had one family in particular th- three years ago after I think three or four coaching sessions, she stopped me on the way out the door and she said, Jeff, she says, I know, you know, you're coming here and, and I was doing it as a volunteer. I, I wasn't even getting paid for it. And, she says, you're coming here and you're giving kids, the kids such great, great stuff. And uh, it, 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 I can't help but thank you enough. She says, but more importantly, I am getting so much out of it. And she's in pharmaceutical sales. So I, I not only work with kids, I, I work with parents and I work with families. But sports wealth. The word wealth in sports don't necessarily, you know, when people think of it, they think about the big dollars that, you know, these athletes are getting paid to multi-million dollar sign-up contracts and everything else. But sports wealth is different. You know, wealth is defined as abundance of valuable assets. But there are other valuable assets other than financial. It's your attitude. It's your belief in yourself. It's the values that you live by. It's the teamwork that you work together to achieve success, whether it's in sports or business. And I can go on for hours in regards to other aspects. And that's why I interview professional athletes, college athletes, pros. I'll have some youth athletes on the show um, on Sports Wealth Radio podcast to talk about the non-financial aspects of success in sports and where and what can be taken from them to create success in what's called the game of life after those sports days are done. Um, and I do that because I, I, I believe that sports provides a foundation, mod- uh, a fantastic modality for youth uh, at any age and for parents and adults to learn valuable life lessons. And so that that's the premise of Sports Wealth. Um, the purpose of Sports Wealth Radio is to... to Learn, learn from others. Let others mentor us. And Cole, I, I've done, I think, 10 or 11 interviews already, and I'm learning something from every one of my guests on those shows. Um, it, it, it's amazing whether it's a baseball player, a football player, an Olympian athlete, uh, that never even participated in his sport before he decided to be an Olympian. And, and, and I can tell you some great stories, but you'll have to listen to the podcast. <laughs> but 
it, it basically relates to, you know, let's let's get out of, you know, um, the the conundrum that we're we're in this for me, okay? How about we're in it for we, okay? Let's let's help each other. Let's all develop a team. Use the sports as a modality, as a foundational building ground for success, not just in in sports, but in life. And uh, I I appreciate you giving me the time to to kind of tell a few stories here. And and hopefully I've given some insights to the simple and basic things that can that can change your life. And you won't even know it's happening if you're like me. I mean, it, I had never known, you know, uh, let's see, 17 years ago, walking into a mall with a Pinewood Derby car would lead me to where I'm at, I am today. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that is amazing how life can just take you on journeys. Ah, before I do wrap this up, I do have this one other question to ask you. Now, you mentioned how powerful your son has been in, in, in your journey to where you are now. Uh, talk a little bit more about your wife and her importance in terms of the journey that you have walked from being a wrestler to a wrestling coach to now uh, being an author and a podcast host. Well, she, she's my crutch. Um, her, her and my son are are my crutch you know um i'm no different than than any other person i'm human uh i've made my share of mistakes you know my son and i just had this conversation yesterday um and she is taught me how to be more caring and compassionate um i used to um I, I was just brought up a little bit different. My, my dad had a nervous breakdown when I was a, a, a child and walked out and left a, a, four kids and my mother with with nothing. And it was months before he came back and ended up in the insane award at the local hospital. I, I'd been whipped with a bow whip. Um, so, so my lifestyle growing up was a little bit different. And... There wasn't a lot of love and compassion, so she she helped me understand that aspect, and um, has been fundamental in helping me now take my love of of sports and helping kids to a deeper level level because of her involvement with working with disabled kids. Um, for years and years and years, I would see her work with disabled kids and she would get kids in school and she was an aide and, um, and specifically a third, a third grader that hadn't said his name, Down syndrome boy, and couldn't say his name and hadn't said it with any of the previous aides and teachers and within a few months she's got you know him saying his name writing his name calling her by her name the teacher by his name and it was so rewarding on her 60th birthday she hasn't seen this child and oh probably it was probably four or five years and i reached out to the teacher and 
and to see um, and get the family's approval to have them bring this young child um, who I think was now in the junior high school or maybe first year in the high school to surprise my wife at her uh, birthday party um, and actually come up and say hi Mrs. Pierce and it was just earth shattering you know there wasn't a dry eye in, in the hall and you, as a an adult every one of us can change a child's life all we have to do is reach out and be willing to give to them with love and compassion that my wife has taught me to be able to give to others and uh, um, it, it, it's tough in the situation that we're going through right now but I have to say one more thing Cole I, I, along with coaching I happen to team up with a gentleman called Dave Austin uh, who runs Extreme Focus and I'm a certified mental performance coach with Dave and his Extreme Focus principles that align with my book and I have to say Dave's principles have helped both of us get through the battles that, that my wife are facing right now and it it, it it relates back to what I said earlier and and how my grandson changed my life it, it, in regards to facing Goliath um, that day it starts in our head you know it's the beliefs it's the values it's that mental mindset and mental performance that we need to work hard on every day and it's a basic, simple thing. So, if, if, I, if I could leave one thing for anybody to think about uh, when they listen to this, get yourself in front of a mirror and look in that mirror and be honest with yourself. Are you doing the best you can do in everything you can do? And how can you take what you know, no matter what it is, and go out and inspire and empower somebody else to do their best. And I'm inspired to do the exact same. So I, I appreciate that challenge. And I'm sure, uh, I'm sure my listeners appreciate that challenge too. So how can we all reach you? Uh, uh, what are your social media platforms uh, and your podcast? Where can we reach you? Well, on Facebook, I have a Sports Wealth Facebook page, or you can find me uh, under Jeff Pierce. Uh, the website is Sports Wealth Inc., and that's sportswealthinc.com. Um, there, you will be able to find um, resources that um, are anything from my book, Building Champions, a book uh, that my mentor performance coach Dave Austin had called Be a Beast, and our 30-day challenge program, my one-on-one and team coaching, as well as other valuable resources, tips, and tools. I do a 45-minute free adversity call if somebody's got challenges. Uh, struggles, whether it's in sports or in life, 
as a parent, I click on and I gladly sit down on Skype for a phone call and have a discussion of how I could help you move your life forward and helpfully empower and inspire um, you to reach your dreams and your success. Well, there you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, author, wrestler, coach, entrepreneur, and life coach extraordinaire, Jeff Pierce. Jeff, it has been a pleasure to have this conversation with you. Thanks, Cole. I appreciate the opportunity. And um, if there's anything else I could do for you or any of your listeners, feel free to reach out to me at sportswealthinc.com. And uh, I, I love helping kids. I, I love helping the family unit grow and um, getting the joys out of life because that's what we're here for, to, to find joy and happiness in our life. It's not all about the money. Yeah. Well, same over here. Uh, whatever resources we can provide for you, definitely. And I know I speak for all of my listeners when I say that uh, our thoughts and prayers are with you and your wife in her continuous battle. Thank you, girl. I appreciate it. Once again, that's Jeff Pierce, author, entrepreneur, former wrestler, wrestling coach, and now a podcast host. Uh, much thanks to him. Hope everything goes well for him and much prayers go to his family and his wife. If you happen to like this episode or any of the cold sports products that we have available, follow me on Twitter at call underscore sports at sports with a Z or Facebook cold sports again, sports with a Z or sports with a Z. If you're Canadian, you can also follow me on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, YouTube, Pinterest, and Instagram. Like, share, rate, review, subscribe, and follow to your heart's content. The more eyes that see this product, the more ears that hear this product, the higher the profile is raised. Most importantly, follow me on ColdSports.com. That's ColdSportsWithAZ.com. For the Intelligent Sportsman, I am Cole Johnson, and you have listened to Cold Sports Conversations. And as always, keep the conversation going. Cold Sports, a Comey Media production in association with the SDWV Network.